0: Hey there, if you are going to be buying the wind through the keyhole or any of the other upcoming books, consider going to duckfee.tv slash tipjar. If you use the links there, you will go to amazon.com, but it's a special version of Amazon where you buy everything at the same price. But we at the network and the show get a small cut of the proceeds, of whatever you buy. Uh, it's a way for you to help the network without spending an extra dime. Um, you know, it's a way to help us by following along with the show. Once again, that is DuckFeed.TV slash TipJar. Thank you. Welcome to Radio Free Midworld, a podcast about the Dark Tower series of books. My name is Cole Ross, and today I am joined by Murph Murphy. Hi, Murph. Hi, Cole. How's it going? It's going just fine. I'm really happy to have you on. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Comic books. Com- right. Comics, yes. Uh, yeah. This week we are starting um, what I'm calling the Young Roland season, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is the continuing, continuing adventures of Flashback Roland after the incident in, uh, in uh, Hambry uh, by talking about the um, Dark Tower comics. Uh, we have two trade paperbacks that we're going to be talking about today, uh, The Long Road Home and Treachery. Uh these were published by Marvel between March two thousand eight and February two thousand nine, uh, well after the main series ended.
1: Yeah. I you could kinda tell that this this book, these comic books very much trade on the nostalgia and knowing some things. <laughs> As someone who is was not reading ahead, I was like, Oh, well, <laughs> I, I guess I
0: Huh. Yeah. Well, you, you just had looking- the curtain lifted on some varsity dark tower concepts.
1: Yeah, I was like, oh, so they're really good. oh, all right. Hi. Hi Crimson <laughs> King.
0: Oh, oh, you're one of those? Okay, very good. <laughs> what are you doing outside of Insomnia, you little scamp? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it, it uh no, but this the this very much is and I think I've said this before. I like the Dark Tower when it's in its kind of weird west and kind of very in deep in its kind of mythos. And mm-hmm. this is pretty much exactly there. Like right.
0: it, it, it main, it's not mainlines it for you
1: to put it, make it a gunslinger term. It's a bullseye <laughs>
0: <and> <laughs> finger guns. <laughs> I'm very happy. I'm, I'm very happy that uh, you use said finger guns. Just like I will say, <laughs> quote unquote, finger quote, finger quote, quote unquote. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Given that you haven't finished the series, what made you hop on to talk about the comics? Why are you here, Murph? I like comic books.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think so. One of the one of the best purchases that I made, I think, two years ago was the, the Marvel Now app. Okay. Uh, which, which I'll plug right now, which is like all of Marvel's comics from, well, not all, but like a majority of Marvel's comics from the 60s till I think they, they do a six-month cutoff Okay. So anything that's older than six months. Oh wow. So yeah. So over the past two years I started it I think in ninety five and then I was just like, I'm gonna read everything I find interesting <laughs> uh, from then till now. Yeah. And I'm I'm am st- I'm still in two thousand sixteen. Uh kind of working my way to to contemporary. Yeah. But it is it is a tremendous value for anyone who 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 enjoys comics. So We were, we're, you know, we're reading these books with all their words. And then Cole offered me, Hey, I got some, I got some pictures you can look at.
0: (laughs) And Uh, you you said, yeah, I I want a piece of that. Um, Are the dark tower books in Marvel now?
1: The, I, they are not, I had to actually go on Kindle and, uh, and buy it there for an incredibly reasonable price, but yeah, the, the the format is familiar at least Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, actually, I'm going to go make sure, see if I didn't just waste $5.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, six months is really, that's really generous. So basically like if you are trying to stay current, it's basically the equivalent of trade waiting. Yes. Yeah.
1: It's no, like, I think it's roughly 25 bucks a year. Like this is, if you, if you just want to just read some comics whenever you're a little bit bored, like Mm -hmm. I occasionally am. Uh, it's nice. it's it's pretty
0: great yeah this this is not a paid endorsement you are just yeah, you're, no, right. you're just advocating for this as part of your love for comics
1: right yeah like i <laughs> and I, I i honestly wish that Mar- uh, that dc had a, an equivalent kind of program but they don't yeah um that's fine i'm a marvel guy anyway mm-hmm. yay x-men <laughs> uh
0: <laughs> yep that's the, the that is the right answer insofar mm-hmm. as there is a right answer yeah um cool but,
1: Do we want to talk about some of the authors? Because I also found out that um, the person who did the scripting on this book, uh, Peter David, did one of my favorite runs on X Factor. Oh, yeah. uh, The the 2005 with uh, basically, you know, mutants uh, with, you know, uh, as a detective agency.
0: Mm.
1: Yes, it's uh, multiple man. uh, Gosh, the is it eponymously named strong guy?
0: i i don't know oh he's (laughs) he wandered out of my Uh, comics wheelhouse
1: he he's he's well his name is strong guy and uh if you can guess what his powers is i'll give you a lollipop
0: (laughs) um he he is a charles xavier-esque telepath yes (laughs) Uh, he is bald so okay so that's how i got tripped up he's big strong in english ah yeah um, yeah, let's talk about the personnel on this because this is our introduction to somebody who is uh, pretty important to the overall orbit of the Dark Tower. Uh, Robin Firth yeah. is kind of the primary creative mind behind this, um, with Stephen King kind of acting as executive producer and creative director. Uh, meaning that everything that is in here, while not po- while possibly not canonical to the version of the story that we get in the books, at least has his sign off and blessing. Um, you know, the Cimmerillion for the token, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So, so Firth was, uh, Stephen King's personal research assistant for several years. She, um, uh, oh gosh, prior to this basically was a dark tower super fan who started putting together these things called the dark tower concordances. I've referenced these books several times. Um, and they act like encyclopedias for names, places, concepts, um, even the language, um, of the dark tower and through doing this, she kind of became King's resource for like, okay, will doing this break continuity. Or is there somebody I can bring back to accomplish this particular thing? Right. Wow. To help him keep the yeah, details straight.
1: That it's like a, a Wikipedia editor, editor, but before a yes. wiki, I
0: guess. Yeah. This one. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, in, in today's day and age, she would have worked at fandom. Um, yep. Yeah, but she was kind of promoted to say like, "Hey, we want to do these. Um, we want to do these comic books. The first one, um, which is a Gunslinger Born, kind of takes the flashbacks from books one and four and does a really literal retelling. Like, let's do that. And then if that sells, what we can do is just kind of extend and flesh out the parts of the story um, that are not covered by the main books. And so Firth was kind of brought in to help to help uh, fill those things out." down at the uh, kind of more panel to panel day to day level we had that writer that you uh, alluded to Peter David um who was a kind of a long time marvel writer uh did the incredible hulk like you said did x factor um doing that is there something that uh, in particular that kind of like works for you about peter david's kind of scripting can you like tell when you're reading something of his i i don't i i
1: wish i was like that much of a comic nerd so <laughs> i i can't i can't say that but uh i think the the characterization of the the people in the x-factor series they're they're very powerful uh but also very human mm-hmm. um i like uh so M- Mad drox or the aka the multiple man uh you know he can he makes multiple copies of himself but also you know is is constantly sort of filled with this self-doubt he messes up he's he's they're not he's not his characters aren't supermen. Mm-hmm. They're they're very much the oh well I guess I got these superpowers but I still have to pay the rent yeah and like deal with you know interpersonal issues with my my uh, coworkers and <laughs> just those coworkers can like you know you know rip a car in half
0: yeah just so happens to be that they can do that
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Um, the other um, kind of part of this, the artistic part, and this is, I mean, I'll introduce them and I'll talk about it. Uh, the lines and inking were done by Jay Lee, um, and the coloring was done by Richard Eisenoff. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, right. I don't care for the art in this, Murph. I, it, it
1: grows on me, but I, it is not my favorite.
0: I find it, so it is a kind of coloring that I really don't enjoy, kind of the overly gradiented, um, just like it just, is it just it's it's hard to scan for me yes. um and the action it's uh, again continues to be hard to read like what exactly is happening in these in these frames there is very little sense of like momentum to what's going on so when it's yeah, doing I, something besides people just talking it's like okay i need to spend more time looking at it and interpreting than i otherwise would this is so
1: my my i'm going to get critical here my my least favorite part of these books is like when you read a good Marvel comic, the action happens between the frames. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in this book, it seems the action happens between the dialogue (laughs) balloons. Like in a particularly egregious example, when I believe uh, the boys are trying to uh, get the horses across the ravine, (laughs) there's one panel where like he says, well, I'm going to do it. And then the next panel is like, I wouldn't believe that he had done it but also he's he's gotten three over and then there's more dialogue and just it's very tell not show
0: yeah and they do a very bad job of um duplicating like you said like there there's tell don't show but there's also them doing something and describing what they're doing or even worse yeah the narrator butting in and telling you exactly what you're seeing yeah
1: (laughs) no and it, it works in the sense that it Felt like a a dark tower book because that mm-hmm. was those would be the words that you would might see on a page, mm-hmm. but I I don't and I yeah so I'm gonna I'm knocking Peter David here but I I think it also has to go on to the artist as well yeah. because I believe they you know they draw the the panels first and then then write the the words mm-hmm. uh, the kinetics seem off
0: I, I I would agree it just seems like they're not really communicating with each other I have no idea what the actual work process was like but like it just the, the, it, it doesn't look like one side knows what the other is doing a lot of the time
1: yeah and I I might maybe they Peter David and uh, uh what is it Uh um Jay Lee mm-hmm. didn't maybe they didn't quite work together or something yeah because I, I looked up Jay Lee also had done a lot of Marvel things but it seems mostly in terms of like covers yeah and they're all they all have this kind of same kind of hyper realistic look yeah. I'm not super a fan of that in general. And, yeah. and Richard has uh, all the stuff that he has colored looks pretty much like this as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it bears, it bears their mark. I've, I've looked at the other stuff as well. It's like, Oh yeah, that could just be kind of dragged over um, and, and, and swapped out. So to, to the arts credit, just so I'm not dumping on them when it's clear that they had free reign to just say like, okay, draw a fantastical landscape um you know here inside the the world of the grapefruit uh or like just draw a scene of gilead or the nearby place uh with like these gigantic tree houses and stuff like that like when they can work on surreal scenery and kind of these broad um kind of weird vistas it works really really well
1: (laughs) yeah it's it almost is like someone said i want you to give me 23 paintings yeah and 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 we'll we'll go from there not i want 23 panels
0: (laughs) right and on the panels where people are talking like we'll just put kind of a color gradient behind them um yeah like it's like it's a cad comic (laughs) i so yeah i i'll defend
1: that a little bit in that i think it especially in gilead uh uh, lends this kind of ethereal quality to to the world but is it the Is it my favorite? No, like it's, it's still kind of, all right, that's good gradient
0: there guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You you really chose a good pace for it to go from one color to another.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's real smoky in this room, but like,
0: (laughs) yeah. Um, so the, the art for me is something I kind of had to tough through. I'm here for the story, which is, which is fine. I will say, um, a couple of arcs on, Um, when they change up the personnel, they end up doing a lot of really good stuff. Like the art specifically in the, uh, uh, the drawing of the three adaptation um, ends up kind of verging back and forth between um, being really expressive and then almost uh, like um, impressionistic. It's It's, it's done with a, I think with a more solid voice than this one is. And also it's easier to read. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, enough, enough like bagging on it. We'll get to the, We'll get to the other stuff. Um, a Gunslinger Born, it doesn't make sense to cover that, even though you know this is a sequel to that, just because we literally just talked about what happened in Hambry and Magus, and that is a very rote kind of retelling. Um, so if you want to hear my thoughts on that, go listen. We did a, an episode of Try This, a Patreon bonus show, a while back. Um, I believe it's episode three where we talked about um, The Gunslinger Born. Um, so you can find that on the, uh, the duck content store. Um, but as I alluded to before, a lot of kind of varsity dark tower concepts are brought in, um, in the comics, because I think that they are presuming that you will, you know, um, begin reading this after you have uh, finished reading the main book, uh, the the main series rather, uh, it's not to say that it'll be entirely impenetrable to you, you know, just kind of like, Oh, it's a little bit more sci-fi um, a little bit more cosmic than I expected it to be, uh, but it's definitely there, and it gets a softer introduction uh, later on in the main text.
1: Yeah, it 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 does kind of like oh, all right. I did, huh. especially <laughs> with uh, well, we talked about getting inside the grapefruit, so why don't we we get there because we get there soon enough, right?
0: Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, so let's uh let's jump in, and this is something. I'm, sorry, I need to do one more thing. Uh, yeah. people who are people who are listening to this and haven't read the comics, one detail is that when the story gets to the Battle of Jericho, Roland remembers to pick out the Horn of Eld. This is important for cryptic reasons. And that'll let you know what's uh what's going on with this uh with this series. So starting with the long road home, these are separated into, into issues and chapters. It begins with a real sweet scene of Roland and Susan. They're holding each other and professing their love. Then page turn, Junji Ito smash cut. Oh, he's holding her charred corpse. <laughs>
1: yeah, that real strong start. Uh-huh. Uh, and this, I think, this is like one of the places where the art kind of works. Uh huh. Because this is a you know uh, this this is something that you want to. For I, I assume, yeah, I guess the the audience is people who have read the books, but also like the books don't go into this, so no, it's a it's a doesn't it? No, well, I mean the fact that she was burned, but like. This this particular scene,
0: right? So this is kind of a big a big difference. Roland says, "Oh, I never saw Susan again." Uh, he was he was in the uh, the grapefruit from the time that he saw her death. Like there's like they're they're starting to play a little bit fast and loose with the details in order to bring a little bit more drama to it because they need something to fill in the gaps, right? To, right. To make this a story as opposed to what Roland kind of recounted in summary at the very end of the last book.
1: Oh, unreliable narrator. Also, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, like if if I'm, you know, you got years beyond this and I'm I'm talking about how how this all went down, maybe I'd leave out the part where, you know, I got sucked into a, a hell void while my friends carried me home. And then I spent weeks locked in a room. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it could be explained away by the by the grapefruit of eating his memories after it showed him what it showed him and he refused it right like right. or yeah.
1: yeah or he could i don't know there's yeah there's some hey maybe you don't tell everyone everything
0: <laughs> yeah hold some of it close to your vest um although there are <laughs> there are details that are revealed to him that are revealed to him again later on chronologically in the in, mm-hmm. in the book specifically about the crimson king um but yeah this is kind of a main difference. They have returned to Hambry and Roland wants to take Susan's corpse and give her, you know, <laughs> give her a burial. But he loses his cool and takes out the orb and starts to fire his gun at it. Um, and it turns out this isn't just an orb. Uh, Merlin's grapefruit, the bend of the rainbow, is not just a shiny glass ball that will entrance people. No, it can turn into an eyeball demon and latch onto people.
1: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That was I was like, huh? That's that's new.
0: Very eye eye of Vecna
1: kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. You get a little bit of uh, not Modoc. Oh sh- mm, no, there there there's some kind of Marvel creature. That's an that's an eye, an eyeball of tentacles. It was oh, a, uh, it was like an X Men Children of the Atom or something like that. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah. Shumagorath. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of a little baby Shumagorath. Yeah. Um, who knows if this is literal or if it's, or if it's just the way that it, uh, it manifests, you know, sucking somebody's soul in, um, Mm -hmm. you know, if if that's part of the glamour or what, but it has Roland inside of it. Now it has its soul. Um, and the way this works IRL is, you know, Roland is holding onto it and his eyes are glowing pink when it is kind of activating him and moving him, but otherwise he's catatonic and inside the ball, he's flying around in a psychedelic pink dreamscape.
1: (laughs) Right. Nah, let's see. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if Martin shows up immediately or.
0: No, no, it's the Coffin Hunters.
1: Oh, right. But well, okay. Yes, it is (laughs) the Coffin Hunters is the first people. Are they the Coffin Hunters
0: is the question question mark? Yeah, I think that it's just tormenting him uh, because Clay Reynolds is there, even though he's not dead. Oh, right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's
1: that's why I I thought, oh, I kind of read that as, oh, this is it's Martin the whole time. Yeah. Martin just wants to you know <laughs> get his uh I don't know soften softening up for the uh for the Crimson King,
0: if you will. Uh possibly. Just uh, to get, get him shook even more by showing him uh Susan dying again. Right. You know. <laughs> so he he, he he gets his introduction and Clay Reynolds is actually hot on their heels. Like he you know, he he ran away. He didn't die in the battle in the tall grasses like everybody else did um but he is chasing after them uh Al- <laughs> alan gets to gets to shoot his horse uh out from yeah. under him, slowing him down and thus begins the parade of horse death that is this <laughs> that is this trade paperback
1: yeah i i didn't realize that but man like <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> they kill so many horses <laughs> like i don't i don't oh no wait the donkey no never mind mm, uh so i don't know what happens to cappy shimmy's okay but uh but cappy um mm, i yeah. i well, mm. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll get the shimmy we'll get the shimmy here in a yeah yeah but yeah but the chase is on right like right you know he's alan slows him down a little bit but uh they cross a river and cuthbert nearly drowns should take a moment here uh what do you think of kind of the um emphasis on the interactions between elaine and cuthbert so,
1: I think this is because you've got a story where your main character is catatonic and or kind of being taunted by a bird. I think <laughs> that's a real simplification, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I have the same problem that I had with with the come reap in that they they don't seem fourteen. Yeah. But otherwise, I I I kind of I do get that they are, they're supposed to be, they're cotet. They are, they, they like each other and they are, they have gone. They have gone through the, I guess, well, they're, they, they were in the frying pan and now they're in the fire, mm-hmm. but it, it seems like they've, they're, they're definitely have a bond that has been forged
0: for tempered. sure. Ha. Yeah. Yes. This, um, this for me is a real selling point for this trade back, trade paperback in particular, because I so fell in love with these characters in wizard and glass. I just wanted more of them, you know, and there's Mm. a, there's a lot of just kind of like really quick back and forth that you can tell was a lot of fun to write uh, between them. Um, (laughs) And this kind of lifted even some of the parts of this that felt like it didn't go, go, go places quickly. You know, I was just happy to spend time with them.
1: Mm. Okay. So I I think I like those characters less. Mm. So I didn't mind it, but I also, I also, yeah, they're, some of their uh, the dialogue is is kind of the worst offenders of, uh, <laughs> yeah. the the telling not show. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I I don't I I'm sorry Cole I I don't I don't like your 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 two boy team. No, that's fine. Goof or Gallant and Gallant. Yeah, and dumb old is looking in the Merlin. Uh,
0: <laughs> gallant, Goofy, Gallant, and Goofus. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I what uses thought. the
1: touch to draw his friend's soul out of the,
0: the grapefruit. <laughs> yeah. um, we should talk about Shimi because uh, yeah. you know he he was left dangling in the book version of events. Like he managed to reunite with everybody and served as their as their squire for a time, and presumably fell uh, along with Gilead. Um, however, here there's an added little wrinkle. Because Shimi is wandering um, around Hambury and he finds this Quonset hut called a Dogen full of this North Central Positronics technology. Remember North yeah. Central Positronics, the same people who made uh, Shardik? Um, you know, manufactured <laughs> the Guardians and such. Real important uh, company, uh, mover and shaker in the mythos, right? Right. And this, this feels like
1: this this gets real weird west and i <laughs> so you're gonna, you're in like, a
0: love book 5
1: okay good uh it's uh it's very it, i hate to say stranger things because it's not but there's that one commonality if you I don't, have you have you watched stranger things Yes. Cole? yeah okay yeah yeah chimmy gets <laughs> Gets all his brain expanded.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like (laughs) he walks in, he feels bad for this, for this person who's dead. He sees this mummified corpse inside something called the psychic enhancer assistance, Um, which is like a, you know, almost like a cerebro-esque helmet that has a harness and whatever. And like this ro this menacing robot that glows and talks, (laughs) Yeah, He, he pulls the body out and it sucks him in to take place. And he goes through psychic torture. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of like what is i i have like i have even more questions but in a good way like <laughs> why is this here yeah. why did they stop using it is is it, shimmy the is it like because of something unique about shimmy is it like i don't know yeah it <laughs> like is did they have this back in the you know before the you know things got got bad
0: uh, then i can see why things got bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean remember in the the wastelands you know they were talking about how the old ones they wiped themselves out by finding and doing something even worse than nuclear war right, right. you know like this is this is definitely a vestige of you know some of the some of the old tools that were left laying around right mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah Shimi you know, is zapped and tortured. And we're going to see him after the end of chapter two. Um, <laughs> and we'll, we'll get back to it because yeah. it gets, it, it, it gets real strange. What happens with it? Mean,
1: it ends on a, on a cliffhanger where he's just like, Oh, then the robot activates and it's got glowing eyes and kind of this gun looking thing pointing at him. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, Oh yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. But you know, um, Stephen King and the magic of children. He's fine.
0: Yeah. At least this child isn't latently psychic. Right. <laughs> um, you know, like he, he went through something that, that activated, activated and awakened something in him. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually he just has them, has them start out that way. <laughs> um, so yeah, <laughs> Roland in orb world, uh, is visited upon by a crow who prefers to be referred to as a Raven. They are different things. And it, you know, wants to insist on that. Turns out this crow is none other than Martin Broadcloak also known as Randall Flagg, also known as, you know, any number <laughs> of these other kind of, kind of things um, here to kind of lord over Roland that he has gotten himself into a world of shit. Roland has definitely wandered into orb world, which happens to be at least partially Martin's world.
1: Right. And, and there was a really good quote uh, by my pin feathers. You are, you actually think you can, you cannot be controlled that you have free will very much uh, like Roland is not in control in here. And even though he's like, I very much like I'm going to resist you, you <laughs> dumb crow. Like, no, like hmm. Roland is very much none. Nothing that he does in this, in this world actually matters. It really is on his, his friends on the outside to save him.
0: Yes. Um, and he's making things more difficult because not only is he dead weight, Uh, he, you know, kind of comes alive and kicks and screams and, uh, you know, like, I guess chases after an imaginary rabbit. Um, and that's what dogs do, uh, (laughs) when they're sleeping, uh, while they're trying to get him around. Uh, namely when Cuthbert and Alan reach this canyon that we talked about before, this poorly written canyon crossing the, the usual rickety bridge crossing that happens in every piece of media. Um, one of their horses breaks a leg. So ding, horse number two, done. Yeah. <laughs> well, they got two across. It's fine. Yeah. Um, well, no, I was referring to, uh, to Clay's horse from earlier. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. See, uh, no, I'm counting total horse.
1: Oh bad. no, no. Yeah. Oh yeah. Total horse. Yeah. But I mean, Cole, like two out of three isn't bad. Like
0: <laughs> They just, you just that they just had to pay the toll. They had, they had to pay the poorly written Canyon with a, with a horse. They defeated a horse.
1: (laughs) This, so yeah, like this, this Canyon, I don't know, little mark is probably my least favorite part of the book. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, okay, it's, this is, this is where we get the phrase one, like the phrase before they, they, you see the Canyon. And then the next panel says, what is it? Very silver age reminds me. I'll be damned. He actually managed to get two horses across already, (laughs) but the third, his own mount always was the most skittish of the three and like <laughs> okay and this is this is all a uh this is on a close up of uh of elaine and uh and uh cutbert as he's holding uh roland yeah not, not not showing uh elaine getting the horse across at all yeah you know the interesting part of the action
0: <laughs> Now let's just show you the result yeah uh. um so Elaine, uh, you know, he's carried over the fox, he's carried over the corn, he's going back to get the chicken, which <laughs> is, which is Roland. Um, and as he is carrying him, you know, this is when in orb world, the Raven grabs him and starts, you know, flying him toward end world. Right. Yeah. Um, and Roland kind of comes alive and starts kicking and screaming and making things really hard for, for Elaine. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean by really heart, hard, I mean it's a momentary inconvenience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's
1: ah, stop it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, this, this this gets worse later <laughs> yeah. when when Roland uh um nearly kills them a couple of times from this. Yeah,
1: I, I I guess this is yeah like in terms of like all the times that he causes trouble, like nobody is in it, like nobody actually gets hurt. It's just you get the improbable. I'm going to grab this orb, then jump up, then also grab this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confounded by the series of events that take place.
0: Yeah. It's um it's not very clearly conveyed. Let's say that. But everyone somehow gets across. Yeah. It's somehow. And they say, "Hey, why not why not let's uh, cut this bridge and Clay Reynolds is effectively taken out of the picture. He's not killed, you know, his death will come later. But um they basically break the chase because it's the only crossing for miles and miles or wheels and wheels, such as the case may be. Hmm. Yeah. I think they say miles. They, uh, they go back and forth. One is the archaic. I think Miles is the archaic, and then Wheels is what the others, uh, what, what the uh, people can after the world moves on. Oh, it says Miles. Huh. Ah, cool. Breaking continuity. No, I Parem. mean, no, it's uh, like, yeah, <laughs> it, makes, it makes sense for people from in-world to say Miles. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: All yeah. right. <laughs> no, like, <what? laughs> yeah. So, you see, on, when when you hit the, the, the third rib of the magical rib xylophone, it plays an e
0: I hope I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this chapter ends yeah. with Shimi's enhancement being complete. Presumably, he was being zapped in a Quanzet hut for hours and hours as this was going oh, on. Good. Did you read are you
1: you read that as hours? I just read it as hmm. Okay. Well, maybe you hate Shimi more than I do.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Like the, it bookends this entire thing. And yeah. Yeah, I've, I have no idea what the actual course of events is, because Shimi, um, true to the machine's nature, he's had his psychic enhanced, um, mm-hmm. and he now has mysterious and otherworldly powers. He doesn't quite know what is happening, but it is so much a part of him that when he reaches the canyon, he and Cappy just bamf across it.
1: <laughs> Pulling yep. a
0: nightcrawler. Yep. Um And Shimi ends up being, well, we're going to get to it because what Shimi does at the very end of this story is fucking badass, right in the, in in the cosmos of this,
1: this. So this is, I do like this psychic powers are just, you're so powerful. You, you don't really realize it, but also you don't really care. Like this kind of works for me is, Oh, this, this person is now alien. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I, again just wish it was on a different character
0: <laughs> yeah he's still um, I was about to I was about to say the same sweet Chimi which I understand that sounds like it could be a euphemism I'm not using sweet to refer to his mental condition I'm using sweet just to say like he's still when he finds you know the the, the quartet, he is very concerned right. about that he wants to save and help his friends mm-hmm. and that loyalty will always be the, uh, the arrow to my heart that Chimi uh, oh. can fire <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh boy
0: yeah, we 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 can agree to disagree on me That's fine. Yeah, no, that's, that no no Cole. No, <laughs> you're in my realm now. Yeah. Uh.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Chapter three. Speaking of being in in somebody's realm, opens back up with Martin showing Roland kind of these visions of himself in the future. This is where we get kind of these, like, I don't know, the poster for the Phantom Menace glimpses of the Roland to come. <laughs> You know, where it's Kate Anakin, right. but he's casting Darth Vader's shadow. Um, so
1: it, is is this the, is this Oi here?
0: I'm not going to tell you. It's a Billy Bobber. Oh, oh,
1: okay. Man, no, that's <laughs> fine. It's probably better that you don't. Yeah. But I mean,
0: also, who else could it be? I mean, it's a whole species. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, you're not going to pin me down. I know. I know it's ridiculous, yeah. but you're not going to pin me down on how it is because... I don't, okay. I don't, I don't, want to take that away from you. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right. Um, so right this now is, I suspect it's away. <laughs> yeah. This is a scene that was shown to us in, in, in the book itself. When Roland touched the orb at the top of the, uh, at the top of the canyon. You yeah, know, this I mean? is where
1: I, like they tell me yeah, you're going to, you're going to sacrifice your, your content one by one. Yeah. Is- yeah. The,
0: yeah. The, the, that, that That's that scene. Um, And this yeah. is, this is a part of it. Like Martin is trying to basically convince Roland that he was never sane saying like yeah you know like you've always been saying (laughs) you just dreamed that you've always been insane you uh uh, just had a dream that you had it together um and this is the horrible future that awaits you you know so this is where you will die either you know here in the orb or when you actually get to end world and find us and
1: which is yeah that's that seems weird because it it, martin has this this vision of the future but also You know, he's, he's very actively trying to kill, kill Roland at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. What is true? What is
0: not? (laughs) Martin is always a free agent is the thing. Even if right right now he is, he is serving the, the Crimson King, which he does by picking Roland up and just flying him along the path of the beam, um, you know, to end world itself. Um, IRL Roland or IR Roland. Um, in real Roland, you know, wakes up, continues to struggle. They say, Hey, this can't go on. Elaine can't, um, or Alan cannot touch Roland to, you know, to draw him out. Um, so he decides, Hey, I'm going to have to go toe dash to reach him. I'm going to have to basically use the latent psychic powers of the touch to kind of try to make it into the world of the orb itself. Um, I forget, has, has Toadash been mentioned in the uh, in, in the books as of yet that you've read? Uh,
1: to- I don't know if the word Toadash, like we know that he has the touch. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if they've said Toadash though.
0: Yeah. Um, I've I've referred to beasts from the Toadash space in between. Basically, it's something that's introduced in book five. To go Toadash is to somehow um, move from one level of the tower um, or the other, um, oh. or from one level of the tower to, to the other. Um, or from one re- realm into the other, just through a massive expenditure, either a massive expenditure of psychic energy on your part, um, or by being close to like really powerful objects. Um, and the danger is that if you mess up, you end up in the space between where you would be devoured by any number of these monsters. Um, namely like the monsters in the mist. If you have seen or read that, um, those ah, are yes. those, yeah, those are two monsters.
1: Okay, so it all it all kind of,
0: yeah, gotcha. It's a, it all kind of fits together. It's a it's a universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, Alan's like, yeah, I'm gonna go after him. Um, and all he's able to do is just kind of grab onto Roland's legs as they are, uh, as they are flying along. And meanwhile, Cuthbert, being the only person awake, has to fight off a mutated wolf.
1: Yeah, this is uh horse death number three yep yep <laughs> ding
0: <laughs> only one horse left oh boy i got I got big hopes for this horse yeah he's gonna make it i, I placed a bet on my on this horse death pool uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Um uh, what do you think of, yeah. of the design on this uh mutie wolf
1: i am so i i think i don't like it but it i so but i but i think it's a good thing like i i think it's revolting, which I think might have been the artist's intent
0: it this style and I, it's, this sounds like a burn on the artist and i i, I got all my burns in uh it's mm-hmm. not meant to be this style seems very well suited to drawing this kind of monster
1: right it it it's not supposed to look right right this it it very clearly kind of like oh this is you can tell this is a wolf, mhm, but like, <laughs>
0: Is is something yeah. that at one point was near a
1: wolf. Right. Yeah, this is it. Like at it, at some point, um, it, it kind of almost looks like a, a person wearing like a, a, a wolf skin. Even mm-hmm. I'm looking at uh, I'm actually looking at the picture where he's kind of bent really backwards in his gunslinger stance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, the wolf just looks like, oh, he's it's almost like doubled over like a human that's been shot.
0: Yeah. It's real, so, yeah. um, it's real unnerving. Yes.
1: <laughs> it's it's very metal. Yes. So I'll say that. It,
0: is it metal? Yes. Yes, it yes. is. <laughs> um, Martin zaps uh, Alan kind of sending him, uh, sending him flying, right? Uh, yes. Uh, into this kind of like long plummet while oscillating back and forth between worlds. Um, or <laughs> IRL Roland, um, animated by the orb, uh, just decides to get up and says, I've had enough of this. And then just kills the wolf with his bare hands. He, Steven Seagal breaks its neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that feels, huh? Like, and I, I,
1: so I interpreted this. This is not something that Roland did. This is something that Martin was like, I'm not done with him yet. You stupid wolf. I'm, I'm annoyed and I'm going to deal with
0: this. Yeah. Uh, it's either, it's either Martin or it's the orb, which knows that it is feeding on Roland and if, all of them die to this wolf, then it has no way to get to its next source of food. Right. right. Like the, 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 the orb has an agency. It's, it's not just a vessel for Martin itself. It is, it is a demon in and of itself. So I could see it, um, taking over a host to act in self-defense like that.
1: Yeah, this, it seemed, yeah, but I mean, clearly it's not going to kill. It's not going to save the rest of his content, but, It'll, it'll protect Roland, which is kind of cold comfort.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It won't, it won't let his mind die while its body is still in charge of it. Yeah. Right. Um, so Alan is saved and the rest of the wolf's pack arrives, taking us into chapter four where Cuthbert commits one of the, uh, not like sins, but let's say a party foul of being a gunslinger. He ends up having (laughs) to use Roland's gun guns to kill the beauty wolves. Right.
1: And I want to, I just want to point out the, the two headed wolf. It looks really cool here yeah did you ever play fallout tactics
0: no i did not that is i wow. think that and brotherhood are the two fallout games that i have not played you're fine
1: um <laughs> but no there's there's a unit which is a, a two-headed cow and it it, it really evokes oh, it's a brahmin yeah yeah or, sorry two-headed brahmin wow i think those are in uh, other games all, but...
0: all of the all of the brahmin are two-headed
1: Wow! Yeah. I just right, yeah the out Bra- the, Bra- for the me.
0: Or two, uh are two headed uh, two headed cows.
1: Man, I have definitely put over a hundred hours in three and four in Vegas, and man, I I feel bad now. No,
0: I didn't mean to be a dick and make you feel bad. No, that's I, just my no, that's just it, my reckon no, It's me,
1: me not remembering <laughs> this
0: thing it's that what? I ostensibly love. Yeah. Um, you know, just uh, the, the the whatever happened to the old ones gave everything way too many heads and limbs and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I mean two eds better than one. Yeah. I just too too many, two times as many necks for them to snap. Um <laughs> during the scuffle, <laughs> um, Alan gets his uh gets his arm bit. Um yep. and he pretty much would die if Shimi didn't approach. Uh but also oops, Cuthbert shoots him. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, this is oh man. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Cuthbert, thinking it's another wolf, just fires off two shots and plugs him right in the chest.
1: Yeah, it's it's real. Like, oh man, that sucks. Yeah. And, and
0: even, <laughs> even I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> but Shimi, he takes it like a champ. Like he doesn't just have teleportation abilities. Like he doesn't even say like, oh, I need him. And he says, I'm gonna take a nap real quick. He falls over and he like psychically heals himself, gets up, and then psychically psychically heals Al- Alan, saying like, yeah, uh, you were worse off than you than you would have known. Like <laughs> that would have gotten to your heart yeah. eventually.
1: So, th- so something, this is probably like if the teleporting didn't tell you something is different with Shimi because now yes. he knows, he knows things he shouldn't. Right.
0: Yeah. Um. And now that we have Shimi, um, he might be able to reach Roland again in Orb World. I'm going to keep on saying Orb World until that gets like a, uh, gets, <laughs> gets a mention on the wiki. Uh, merlin's there grapefruit also known as orb world um it <laughs> sounds like
1: the next indie uh building
0: sim yeah orb world you know, Orb World. Know, instead of being you nope. know it's really easy to build with cubes those stack really easily <laughs> um orbs no that's a whole different ball game my friend uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, that, that's your that wasn't line. intentional but there we go yep <laughs> Um, So
1: I want to say here, here's where I'm introduced and the rest of the audience to the Crimson King.
0: Yes. Uh and he's introduced uh or he introduces himself by saying, Greetings, cousin, greetings, and welcome. I am the eater of worlds.
1: Classic, very classic intro. Yeah, he says,
0: I am the eater of worlds the same way I say, could you please take your shoes off? And also, would you like a bottle of water or some coke? I'm the cleaners of these carpets. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Martin and Roland finally reach end world. um, And LaCasse Roy Roos, where the Crimson King rules from his throne, surrounded by the bends of the rainbow that remain in his possession. Um, And they're talking about, yeah, you're going to suffer a fate worse than death. Um, This is not the way the Crimson King looks in the, uh, looks in the books or his descriptions. Okay. However, he is a shapeshifter. Yeah. Okay you know and that is uh you know part part of the thing of just the way he kind of articulates um but what regardless what do you think of this kind of initial first impression of the crimson king
1: uh so it it's it's a real um i guess haster moment uh who's the king in yellow mm-hmm. uh but i'm obviously the it seems like king is drawing from that but i'm it, it's never quite as good as you, it is in your mind, but this is this is a pretty good King and Crimson King, yes. I think.
0: Yeah, I like his potbelly.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: like corpulence yes. is a uh,
1: is a good word for this.
0: Yeah, because he's cannibalistic. Like he he devours all. He is not just the eater of worlds. He's the eater of whatever happens to be in his way. And I like that that is that is portrayed. Like, yeah, he would have a big old gut if he was going around eating his enemies,
1: right? Yeah, he he looks like he's well fed, but also starving.
0: Yes. And I, I like that look. Yeah. Um, he
1: he, he <laughs> seems fragile and strong, and it's that real contradiction that makes it scary.
0: Yes. Um, and he offers like he says, "Hey, you know, I need you to bow to me." And Roland doesn't because he hasn't quite yeah. he hasn't quite quite grasped the way that this works. And Martin <laughs> turns into a crow and attacks his abdomen until he is forced to bow just to protect himself. Right. Yeah.
1: It oof. yeah this is this is like Star Wars, except maybe if Luke wasn't very good
0: <laughs> wasn't wasn't very good, like wasn't very morally upright or wasn't very uh competent. no like
1: like he was the Luke who was looking into the lightsaber,
0: oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah I always forget about that, Luke,
1: yeah, so <laughs> like I want to go to Tashi Station, Luke,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Just a <laughs> shitty little kid, Luke. Shitty teenager, right. Luke. Yeah. Um. So the hat they say, hey, Shimi, you seem to have some stuff going on. Can you go into the orb and, and get Roland? Because it's beyond our power. And Shimi looks into it for a little bit. He sees, like, this cutout of a donkey, like, in a pillar by where Roland is. And... This this is ridiculous. Yeah. It almost looks like a, like an animorphs cover, except instead of turning from one thing into another, <laughs> it turns from a full size Shimi and Cappy down to a miniature Shimi and Cappy inside the orb. Yeah, it's uh... <laughs> he, he shrinks down and physically enters the orb, as opposed Orban to sending morphs. his soul. <laughs> yeah, morphs. um But yeah, he 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 goes in, and you know Cuthbert says, "The I know it's a cliche, but now I've seen everything."
1: Yeah, Longa. that's uh that's a pretty good. Uh, I I like that. Yep. That was, not I know. <laughs> eh.
0: It acknowledges how ridiculous it is the thing we just saw, right?
1: Right. I I mean, we literally saw this this what thirteen year old ride a donkey into an, a hell world, yep. inside of an orb. <laughs>
0: yeah. Sure. Yeah. That, that that's
1: that's something. Yeah. Also the 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 illustration of the donkey on the the next page is real.
0: Oh, it's all fucked up.
1: Yeah, it's it's good. I I like it because yeah. it definitely just. Enhances the ridiculousness of the scene, but also it's <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it, he, it, he looks like a, like a teleporter accident donkey a little bit. Like it looks like the, the corrupting force has kind of like twisted its face, especially. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Uh, that donkey shouldn't be there.
0: No, no. The donkey is definitely not as well equipped for this as, as Shimi is. Um, <laughs> and this gets us to the climax of this arc with the beginning of right. chapter five where we kind of learn um a what the crimson king is and b what it intends to do. Now this is again really late game stuff. Like this is something that is explained to the characters in book 7. Right.
1: Okay, yeah. I, I figured like it seems like oh okay you you're just going to drop that.
0: <laughs> All right, sure. But we got to talk about it because it's here and No, you know. yeah, no, it's fine. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. like eh. Yeah. So, um going all the way back to the times of arthur eld you know the grand king who kind of started all of in world ruled over all world this legendary figure uh in his time few women were fertile um he managed however to sire a child with a human woman um and that kind of started the bloodline that reaches down to roland you know the bloodline that rules over gilead and world etc right. um starting the gunslingers but he had a side piece he was out there uh you know had some spares going on and one of those spares was a demon of the prim now again these you know uh monsters from unformed space uh the prim was the chaos that kind of presided before the dark tower was brought in to bring order to the worlds stuff like that um but he had sex with this demon the crimson queen and this resulted in the birth of a half human half shape-shifting demon um that is the Crimson King, you know, can't even reveal his true form. He pulls that whole trick. Right. Right.
1: I, I really like <clears throat> I really like how we've we've mashed together, like kind of Arthur and Adam and Eve and Lilith in kind of this <laughs> weird like you can you kind of get the shape of this myth. But like it's not quite right around the edges. Right. Which is kind of like, oh, that's real. What? kind of the aesthetic of this all these books have have been right especially like every time they say the man jesus (laughs) but like that real i don't know why that really works for me but it does
0: it's uh it's it's taking pieces of that story but also saying hey this exists okay this you know they like that this is this is something that happened elsewhere it is both like canonical and also like a part of this fiction
1: it, it It's, I, I know it's not actual truth, but it's, you know, you mix in a little bit of truth into a lie and then, you know, both get a little stronger.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the Crimson yeah. King himself, you know, he's like, the, he's like the cane figure, right? He feels us- usurped by the line of Eld and saying like, hey, I'm the actual son of, you know, of Eld. Uh, I right. you know this is, this is my birthright. You are just this distant, you know x number of cousins you know however many removed uh so it is up to me to disassemble the universe return it to the state you know before the prim receded um and then feast on that chaos and let my brethren out so they can feast as well and what he wants is roland's gun which will let him into the tower so he can bring it down um
1: (laughs) that seems awfully mundane i was like oh you you just
0: all right here it
1: is
0: (laughs) um yeah but that's a that that's his gambit and he asked for cooperation he's like hey come along we can we can rule over the nothingness together
1: yep come on shitty luke let's go
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh give me your gun damn it um i don't think his gun is with him in here though so i don't think he can just take Uh, no yeah
1: i don't yeah Yeah. i think the universe is safe for another day yeah
0: (laughs) Uh, but Roland's like, dog, you're insane. Um, and that leads the Crimson King to attack. Yep. Um, I love this line. Did you take a, take a note of this? This will not be Which a what? good death, Roland. It will be meaningless and wasted and extremely painful.
1: Yeah, that that was also a... I did notice that. And that is a, uh, that is a pretty good line. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this will not be a good death. Um, uh. But Shimi shows up at just the right time. And this is his uh, his moment where out of his love for will dearborn or roland or whatever he's calling himself let let's loose a psychic blast that throws the king back and sends roland back into his world leaving shimi inside
1: yeah we kind of ambiguous the what happens to shimi there i've got, I've got some theories <laughs> uh but yeah
0: yeah yeah it's the last we're gonna <laughs> see of him. is it no i mean for for a while Oh, okay so yeah. all right cool <laughs> So there's there's a resolution. I hate, yeah,
1: I hate it when there's like these dangling threads and they're like, we're we're totally gonna get to this, and then like they they don't.
0: Yeah, uh, that is not a fault of this series that he he ties things together almost to a uh to a Kojima-esque extent. Oh okay. Yeah. So So,
1: metal metal
0: (laughs) but yeah, they have their reunion, you know, and rolling degrees hey i'll let you guys sleep um i'm done with all that orb business <laughs> here's them story and then decides yeah i'm gonna keep watch keep a watching this orb oh snap yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of the what the cool kids would say about orbs and like like brb watch orbin and chillin <laughs> yeah. and, chill? An orb and chill <laughs> yeah.
0: Jeez, that's terrifying oh god <laughs> Let's waste away together. Um, uh, yeah. So and watch Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> they get to they get back to Gilead, find the town in mourning because oh gosh, these three young princes of Gilead have died in a far off land. Um, no, actually, that was just Farson spreading lies to you know to, to 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 get them all bummed out. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, we made it back. Cool. Yeah. Uh, did you find anything? Is there anything that you would uh? That you, that not Cole, no, cold No, not, there's nothing. No, nope, just not a thing. It's no, is this right. so just like souvenirs? I i, I think mm. I remember mentioning. A, um, I mean, like a no. a, a grapefruit. No, yeah, Must I, 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 uh, I, I would have remembered. Did you
1: remember a grapefruit?
0: That mm, no, must have been a bad lead. Well, I'm just, I'm just real. I'm happy. Yeah, you're I'm not. By, I'm going to go lock myself in my room forever. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> why are you in the bathroom for so long um god i'm I, i'm reading buzzfeed <laughs> yeah um roland doesn't hand over the orb like you promised the others he would instead he is looking into it and saying the roland that everybody knew is never coming back yes i i
1: see how much would have been too much of a goody two shoes because i would have been like yo yo dog what about that orb <laughs> tell your dad about that orb
0: yeah or. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> or just say, uh, you know, it was it was a tough trip, but I think we all came back as really well-rounded people. Mm. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I don't I don't think we we have a ball. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's a uh,
0: it's not it's not something you get a lot of opportunities to do to face your greatest fears. I'm, I, I'm sorry, your greatest ow. fears. Yeah. Mm, mm, greatest uh, fears. Uh, fears. Circles. <laughs> infinitely stacked. <laughs> yeah (laughs) and that's the end of the long road home taking us into treachery which is uh, i mean its name is accurate there's a lot less action in this yeah there's i think i like the
1: characters better in this next one but the the plot is it's a lot less cosmic yeah and a lot more i
0: I don't want to say well no conventional yeah let's go with that yeah i mean it's it's like palace intrigue and stuff like that it's a it becomes right. more of a more of a story of the war between Gilead and parsons forces right right
1: so i'll i'll ask does uh uh well do any of these characters show up later or is are are these characters an invention of of for treachery so, Or for the comic i guess
0: yeah so Eileen is a character that is mentioned in passing in the gunslinger um okay Stephen Deschane's cotet, like the people that he travels and fights with uh mm-hmm. they are mentioned but not so much by name. I don't think it is just alluded to yeah. that it's like him and Alan and Cuthbert's dad okay that, that that he like rolls with, and then there are other two there there are two other um gunslingers that are like part of roland uh roland's class uh jamie DeCurry and also like thomas i forget i forget thomas's last name he doesn't right. factor in later but jamie ends up being a kind of companion character in the wind through the keyhole
1: okay interesting yeah yeah like it, it seems like they've got i i enjoyed um yeah because we when we also talked about uh what was it uh, the stand, I saw a couple couple echoes with um what happened there uh with Martin's Martin and 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 a and a mom, uh <laughs> Roland's mom. Yeah. Uh which seems like he's got a playbook and he's he's sticking to it.
0: <laughs> yep. He does uh he, he he does enjoy uh trying the same plan a lot and seeing if it works. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> Um, and we're still kind of firmly within the bounds of things that were summarized at the end of uh Wizard and Glass, right? Um this right. this picks up like right after they get back from from Mages. You know, it might just be a span of a couple of days. Um and it goes up through the death of Gabrielle. Right. Yeah. Um so this opens up, you know, we see uh this glorious kind of vista of Gilead in its prime. Um, and we got some trainee gunslingers who were being real shitty about Cuthbert and Elaine getting their, uh, getting their title, <laughs> <laughs> which is like, you know, you know, high schoolers are shitty anyway. So whatever, but like, they, right. I mean, they, they huck rocks at them and defile their property, calling them cheaters. Like we saw what they went through. <laughs> it's much better than getting the shit. I mean, it's much harder than getting the shit whacked out of you by an old man with no ears. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I knew he didn't have ears, but also Jesus. Yeah, he's
0: real fucked up.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah, they I don't know. Like kids kids are shitty. Yeah. I was a shitty kid once. I never threw a rock. Well, shit, did I?
0: I mean, I never threw a rock at somebody. It was, there were definitely warning shots. <laughs> Especially if somebody was standing <laughs> next to like a street sign. Yeah. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, I've definitely thrown a rock at a street sign.
0: Yeah. Just to rattle somebody's cage, you know. I've never actually fight them. Um, (laughs) And Alan doesn't want Cuthbert to, you know, get into a fight uh, or no, uh, Cuthbert leads Alan away uh, because uh, yeah, you know, it it wouldn't, it wouldn't be good if on the, uh, the, the eve of our coming of age, you just wallop the shit out of your classmate.
1: Yeah. These are remarkably mature. uh, uh, 14 year olds. But then again, also they've been through some shit. So maybe like, yeah, it
0: literally doesn't matter. Yeah, battle-tested. Um, right. Water off a duck's back. Um, Roland still hasn't handed over, handed over the grapefruit. You know, he is looking into it, um, uh, even when Cuthbert and Ellen come by. Uh, and he's getting, he's getting looking real bad. Like, he's got these, uh, he's got kind of uh, like veins all over him. Uh, yeah, it's... It looks like an evil character from Fable. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, he's using bows and sneaking around. <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> he'll, he'll grow horns eventually. Right. But, oh, you
1: know. his, yeah, his his scar will start glowing molten magma.
0: <laughs> but uh, both Cuthbert and, Al- and Elaine are like, yeah, we probably, like, we we definitely want to respect his privacy or whatever. Uh, but. Yeah, that this seems like incredibly
1: tenable. the wrong call.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you 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 want to you want to save your friend, don't you? Especially because you know he's inside ball world, sorry orb world, uh, right. and he's hanging out um, by the so tower. If I Cole, Cole, if I if I dra- dragged
1: you out of orb world and then you immediately went back in, I I don't think I would react in this. Like, let's give him some time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, especially like since you went to extreme lengths and put yourself yeah. in a lot of danger to drag me bodily yeah. across a continent. If I had to kill four horses to drag you out of an orb, <laughs> if I had to kill four of of horses, sir, <laughs> get, get your ass out of that orb. Yep. Um, we've said orb too much now. Oh um, no, <laughs> it's um, coming uh. inside. So- we summoned it. Um, inside the ball. Roland is at the foot of the Dark Tower in the Scarlet Field of Kankana Ray, um, and it is speaking to him. You know, it's talking about um, the order of things and how it is corrupted, and we kind of see it um, either begin or over the course of a couple of panels go from looking, looking like a tower to looking like a big pillar of corrupted meat.
1: Yeah, it's very thing, – things are rotting.
0: Yes, um, even the uh, the roses in the field around it are kind of like wilting in this gigantic wave extending out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not the actual field and the actual tower. It's the Crimson King, you know, again, creating this illusion. He attacks from above. You know, again, he has been rebuked by Roland. Um, and Roland is barely able to escape and throw the orb across the room before he dies. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it seems like.
0: And that's his wake up call. Yeah, you're being, getting a lot of chances here, buddy. Being pounced on by a literal Spider Man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not the Miles Morales kind. No, da, no. Da, 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 da.
0: Um poor Peter. poor
1: Peter. Yeah, or Peter. Yeah. Oh, he's thought, running I, a company now. Oh. It's fine.
0: I th- I thought you said poor Peter. Okay. Oh no, I said what oh. Oh, oh. yeah. Never mind. <laughs> nope. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah. The focus of the story then shifts over to a story that I would actually really like to read. Like if he if he has one more of these books in him, I want to hear the uh, the adventures of Stephen Deshayne and his cotet Um mm. but uh they're out with this uh with a scout named Justice, J-U-S-T-U-S. Um, and they head off this small band of Farson's and everything goes fine, except one of them tricks them uh into uh coming up to a closer, closer, boom, grenade. Boom. Oh, yeah, it's
1: uh you yeah i don't know it seems like they were before they, the 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 cotet attacks they were like well maybe we should make like this things
0: aren't going great guys so <laughs> should we just find this like just yeah. hightail it out of here to scoot you think
1: and then yeah yeah then kaboom the yeah. oldest trick in the well no, not oldest can't be the oldest trick in the book because hand grenades aren't that
0: old no no well they are Books definitely predate hand grenades true um, however, in this in this world, uh, the hand grades are definitely from the world before. Right. Yeah. Um. And this character that we were just introduced to a character that, you know, had, we just had no inkling of turns out <laughs> he's he's no good. Uh, right. This justice ends up being one of Farson's men and he even betrays one of his own spies. It's uh, a it's a
1: it's a triple cross. Yeah. Well, eventually, well, now it's a double cross, yeah. soon it will be a triple. A,
0: uh no, I think it goes down. It starts out as a triple, then it's a double, then it's a single as he as he <laughs> as he knocks more people out. Um, uh, yeah. Chapter 2 um has Cuthbert and uh, um <laughs> Allen doing their uh target practice. They got Jamie DeCurry and Thomas Whitman. Whitman, there we go. Look like, at like the sampler. Um, (laughs) they're out doing their target practice, shooting at a Buffalo skull that is labeled farson, talking about how they hate wasting ammo on training.
1: Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a little on the nose, but I think this is just to, uh, I, I can never pronounce it. Eileen. Yeah. Eileen. Eileen. This is more about Eileen, uh, her, her characterization and how she, you know, she wants to be one of those girl gunslingers
0: that certainly Uh, exist right yeah i don't know do they well yeah i mean
1: they we've seen at least one of them already right with susan um susanna oh wow susanna sorry
0: no that's that's fine um i'm sorry i'm bad with names no it's fine but yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. no like so
1: yeah like they they clearly exist though i guess in gilead they don't no very
0: patriarchal Yeah, definitely not this time. Um, And this gets into some of the weird, like eh, people hate when we go on about like this, like the gender politics of this stuff. Uh, This comic and this kind of like the the whole series, the whole run is not especially kind to women, Um, (laughs) especially like Roland's. Roland is far angrier at his mom in this than he is in the actual book itself. Um, Okay, Mm. and and there is. there's a risk with Eileen's character that it ends up being, like, a real kind of rote, almost Mary Sue kind of thing. And you would say, oh, this is, like, edging into fan fiction territory. If yeah. it was just a couple of chapters and, like, oh, turns out girls can be gunslingers, too, if they change the words of the oath to mother instead of father. Um, right. If it was just that, it would be a real kind of, like, ah, whatever. Like, I'm making a you know jerk-off motion right now. Um, but Eileen is carried through for basically the rest of this arc up until, up until Roland, you know, goes off on a solo journey. Okay. Yeah. Like so far, I like her. I like this character. I like her motivations. Yeah. It it
1: doesn't seem like she's like, I mean, she can shoot a gun. It's not like she's also like the best gunslinger ever. It just seems like she's fairly
0: confident, competent. So. Yeah, So And she comes by it honest because she is court's niece. Uh, you know, she was taken in after her parents died in a battle of Farson's men, you know, kind of right. further out on the arc. Um, and she's watching along uh, kind of enviously. You know, they all get to basically go out and risk their lives and die in battle for their kingdom and, you know, shoot guns. She has learned all this, in, you know, from from self-defense for court, and she knows that she is as good as any of them. So, right. you know, we see her steal the key and sneak into the armory, dress up like a gunslinger and walk out to the practice field.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, and then, of course, we get the uh, the the pantsing scene right here. <laughs> perfect, perfect timing. Yep. I, I, I wish the the action and like here's where the 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 action, the the lack of clarity in the art hmm. really kind of. This this could be a real funny scene, yeah. But I I can't. It doesn't. I don't quite get what's going on. Like,
0: yeah, it's it's definitely funnier in summary. And I, I'm not saying that we're funnier than what happens here. It's just a. It is a prank that some guys would play on their friends. That's real yeah. mean. Like the the <laughs> others, they see Eileen coming and they say, "Hey, hey, Cuthbert, um, I bet you can't nail this difficult shot left-handed with your right arm strapped behind your back." He's like, "All right, well, fuck you. I can totally do that here. Um, I'm going to take off my belt so you can strap my arm behind my back. This causes his pants to fall right when Eileen comes up." <laughs> you know? I, yeah. I mean, we're we're tighter.
1: I mean, also, who's are your pants? My pants aren't that loose, but maybe I'm just a big fat guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a it's just, you know p- p- pants pantsing is funny. Yeah, it um, is. I've, I've, I've been, been on both sides. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Although that episode of the office is mortifying. with the Oh, Jesus. In it.
1: Yeah. yeah. There are. Yeah. I, I won't, <laughs> I won't speak for the entire run of the office, but I think there are, there are some moments where they're just like that chef kiss emoji. <laughs>
0: yep. Um... So Cuthbert, instead of being, you know, instead of lashing out at everybody, he specifically lashes out at, you know, at the guys saying like, all right, we're going to throw her down time for a standoff. Eileen's like, oh, well, why, you know, I'm I'm the one who embarrassed you. Why don't you want to shoot me? And he fires off some sexist trash like, oh, you're just a girl, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. And she, you know, to prove like, oh, I'm not just a girl. She shoots the belt out of his hand. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Some real pre- precise sh- shooting there. Yeah. But, also you know, some real good playing with for. guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I don't Just know. Play, running running
0: with scissors, playing with guns. The yeah. world has moved on, Cole. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I grew up with guns in the house, and the thing that uh, you never do is ever look at, touch, or be in the same room as a gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, the think they're outside, Cole. They're yeah. not in a room. True. Okay. Yeah. That's um. <laughs> so... Um that's kind of where this leaves off right now. Steven, cut back to the uh the older quartet. Um, Stephen has saved Charles' life, you know, the, the 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 person who uh jumped on the grenade uh to, you know, take one for the team. He pulls a Rambo uh yeah. and uh pours gunpowder into his gut wound and cauterizes it by lighting by lighting yeah. it. I
1: don't. I don't think that would
0: work. No. Just
1: throwing that out there.
0: No. Well, they're like they're talking about like, oh, I can't stop the bleeding because parts of him are missing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who <laughs> would that? I could take I, off parts of my own flesh to seal his. I would do it, but I can't.
1: So let me blow you up. I mean. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, like, it, it works in Rambo because. Wait, does he do it with gunpowder? I I know he uses a hot like a hot poker to do it. I,
1: I I've never seen Rambo. That is.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, it's fine it's it's real it's real slow by today's standards um brian denny he's good at it all right yeah i believe it <laughs> i uh, believe that this classic film is good yeah um <laughs> I don't know why i'm so incredulous <laughs> okay wait a minute you're telling me yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah uh justice meanwhile uh as they are riding away says like yes you know as part of my scouts like farson's men are far closer than we had suspected you know like their their they're, they're fingers are edging into our territory and pretty soon the fist is going to come slamming down
1: so you, I've got that this this uh, panel here what's going on with his arms
0: I don't know so there <laughs> there are two body parts that in this art style really come across um, quite poorly I don't know what frame specifically you're referring to but I know it's, in specific, um I, I don't have yeah, I don't have it yeah me. but yeah
1: he's <sighs> He's, it looks like he's got three fingers. And I, I I don't know. It's it, it this this particular panel. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he Yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah, it looks real uh looks looks real malformed. Yeah, um yeah. arms, hands and specifically mouths, especially when mouths are closed. Um Yeah. A lot of, I, would, I would agree a, with that. A lot of characters when their mouths are closed, they're drawn with like wavy lips. It looks kind of like when your grandma or grandpa didn't have their teeth in. Um,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm I'm zooming in on some mouths now. I'm like, oh yeah, that's,
0: yeah. I don't know what I, that's like, supposed to convey. I don't know that I've ever seen that elsewhere outside of like yeah. scary scary stories to tell in the dark. You know what?
1: That is that's the kind of the style that this is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, but not quite terrifying enough, but also, yeah. Yeah, I, there's a lot of shading in
0: this, yeah. the hide detail. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Back with Eileen, you know, she stops herself from crying over the Cuthbert's remarks. She knows that she's capable. She, know, she knows that she's as good as any of them. And this chapter ends with her reciting her own version of the uh, Gunslinger Oath. We've seen this happen um, in the series before we saw when Su- Su- uh, Susanna did it. Mm. I mean, <laughs> now you got me messed up. Uh, I know. Aha. <laughs> we saw I what incomplete. Susanna did. It. She changed the uh the, the, the oath to match uh to match her own. Okay, but here she, you know, uh Eileen is switching out mother for father. And uh one of her shots manages to split the skull of Farson. Not Farson's skull, but yeah. the skull that represents Farson. The the Buffalo
1: skull named Farson. Yes. <laughs> Former skull now,
0: I guess. No, I don't know. <laughs> is a skull calls. still a skull if it's skull broken? Uh, the Skull of Theseus, if you eventually replace the plates, is this to yeah. <laughs> Um Chapter three begins with uh, Roland's mom, Gabrielle. Um, she's been sent away, kind of an exile, to repent for her sins, for, you know, b- betray not just her husband, but the king of the kingdom. She's in a, a nunnery in Debaria. We're going to go yeah, there I... in uh, the Wind Through the Keyhole.
1: Oh, okay. Because, yeah, I was like, I want to go, I was about to say, I kind of want to hear more about this monastery. You. It's got the, the animals and the, uh, <laughs> like, this strange religious order that worships yeah. the
0: tower. Yeah, the yeah. Order of the Rose.
1: Yeah. This place seems cool. So <laughs> Okay, cool.
0: We're coming back. Yeah. The Dabari is like a, like a mining barity that just happens to have this uh, the, this monastery in it. Or nunnery. Or abbey. Shit. Church. God place. It has this god place in it.
1: N- nun holding cell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this nun box. Um, so, um, a sister goes in and says, Hey, Gabrielle, why don't we go see the friar? Turns out the friar is Martin in disguise. This guy, mm. he gets around, he's got his doors, right? Um, right. they embrace under a stained glass image of a rose. The betrayal is not done. Her heart still belongs to this sorcerer.
1: Oh, man. Yep. It's, uh, it's, it's a neat, I don't know. It's, Martin's doing the same, taking that yeah. same play again, but, I like the art. I like the, the kind of the reveal here. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he, uh, he
0: pulls back his cloak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like this
1: whole thing. Yeah, I like this. I hope we go back.
0: Yeah, I um, I like I like Gabrielle. I th- I I think that um, there's more to that character that is not really told. I mm-hmm. don't I don't like that in this portrayal. She just kind of ends up being a pawn
1: uh, yeah, for Martin. I, yeah, yeah yeah pretty much well this is her arc yeah <laughs> we're gonna go we're gonna get through it real fast yeah
0: um back in gilead court you know yep. goes to eileen and says hey what's the deal with you stealing these guns that's a really really bad thing to do especially since i'm the thing standing between people and the guns <laughs> <laughs> and he can't be harsh with, he can't be harsh with her court's actually a really big softy I thought this conversation
1: was totally going to go in a different direction, but it was like, hey, hey, you're supposed to marry the, the king's son. And like, well, I don't want to. I want to be a gunslinger. And I thought like, well, you're going to do it. And like, okay, you can be a gunslinger. Like, what? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that line. Like, why can't you just wear skirts like everybody else? Just, well, if they're so great, why don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this, but- this seems somewhat out of character for
1: cult, court, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe... We haven't seen him interact with his his, uh, adopted daughter. No. Either, so.
0: Yeah. But he he says, like, okay, well, if this is what you want to do, we we just talk with the king, you know, who's going to get back here pretty soon. Um, Cuthbert and Alan, you know, they get more shit for being cheaters. And finally, uh, get Roland to hand over the grapefruit again. Um, Yeah. But not before he gets kind of one last vision of his father in terrible, terrible danger.
1: I like uh, as I said I'm a a urea. <laughs> what? The urea heads. Oh, <laughs> we get some. We get some some more urea of the
0: coos. Yeah, um, menacing urea of the coos riding her gigantic spider, uh, yeah. up their back trail. Um, it's hard to tell. I can't tell if she's riding the spider or if she has sprouted a lower yeah. body of a spider in this I'm, world I'm, or as a result of her powers.
1: I'm pretty sure it it's intentionally ambiguous and I'm okay with both.
0: Yep. <laughs> um but we see her riding into Gilead and sneaking up behind Stephen DeShane in his chambers with a garrote and we also see her holding his severed bloody head. Yeah. Um this is a vision of the future is what Roland is seeing right now.
1: Mhm. Yeah.
0: I, it's the third time I've noticed it because I'm I'm
1: kind of following along on, on my Kindle. Like, why do why do people stand like that in this book? I don't know. It's weird. I don't like it. Maybe. It's worse than the
0: wolves. <laughs> worse than the wolves. But, uh, yeah, I think there are only so many ways that you can uh, like that has to be the um that really has to be the comic book artist equivalent of like okay, I'm acting. What do I do with my hands? Right.
1: Like, I don't know because it, it really feels like an intentional choice to stand like that,
0: yeah. describe like it, the pose that you're saying
1: so it's so it's if you if you were to stand up straight but then arch your your back all the way back, but also keep your feet firmly planted where they are, mm-hmm. then raise raise your elbows up to like uh, i guess breast height. And then put them kind of like back, like you're doing, like a, like you're,
0: if, 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 I don't know, horse stance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost <laughs> like they're... he's doing like a row or something like that. It, it like, I, yeah, like in, it's on the,
1: it's in the, the cover on the cover of this book. It's the same. Eileen uh, is doing the same kind of thing. Yeah. But, oh, but also, oh yeah, oh, the head has to be crooked for like, so your yeah. middle body is is.
0: You're like an S it's a weird S yeah. shape and I, a, yeah. I don't like it. So it's, so it's like hips back, um, <laughs> chest out, yeah. shoulders back, head forward.
1: And like the obvious issue is like, Oh, okay. If someone's posed a woman in a weird pose. Like, okay. That happens in comic books all the time. But like
0: two of the three times it's, it's guys. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't so look, uh, don't, it doesn't look natural or comfortable. It's like, who are you posing like that for? If I, if I saw somebody doing that, stop, what are you doing? (laughs) Oh man. You're going to get scoliosis. Um, we begin chapter four. I don't think you can get scoliosis. I think it's something that you just kind of end up with. Look, the the world has moved on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So scoliosis, scoliosis (laughs) has gone airborne. (laughs) Oh no, my bones. Uh, (laughs) chapter four gabrielle and martin you know they're heading away yeah. from the nunnery um she's like hey where are we gonna go and he says go there's nowhere to run we need to end this you need to kill Stephen. Hmm. specifically you you need to kill Stephen. <laughs> kill your husband please ma'am <laughs> um she says okay um i'll go along with this will roland live uh this is I think the most effective piece of visual storytelling in this, as he promises, like, oh, he'll live a long and healthy life. It is just his father that needs to go. And then the next panel at the very bottom of the page is his fingers crossed.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a real good image. Yeah.
0: um, <laughs> Because we know he's also, dying, but
1: Yeah, like, it's a real good image, but also, like. You're you're like an all powerful sorcerer. You can just lie, (laughs) Uh, but it's fine. He has a flair
0: for the dramatic, you know. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I I get it, but yeah, like
1: it's like uh, I don't think I've yeah yeah (laughs) I've never lied, but also I've never done that. He said, crossing his fingers. Yeah, (laughs) Cole will never
0: suspect. Is is this how you is Is this how you lie? Yeah. (laughs) um (laughs) Roland is still watching Rhea murder his father and IRL he decides well I'm just going to pick up this gun uh and fire it wildly into the air Uh, nearly hitting Cuthbert if Elaine didn't pull him out of the way he definitely would have killed his best friend so uh that's a freebie yeah (laughs) also I think this is
1: a little bit of foreshadowing about what's about to happen at the end of this this arc
0: (sighs) yeah um they're, they're like we know that we we know that that's coming right um especially if we've read book four and we know that part of roland's story that he does he does kill his mom under circumstances very similar to this um that sense of foreshadowing is really powerful for this i think um just Mm -hmm. because there is that sense of like you know doom we are moving step by step towards this terrible life-changing moment for you know our hero right Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah this is
0: these are not good times for uh, for Roland. No. <laughs> um Steven's talking with uh with Justice and the battle is getting inevitable, right? So he says, "Hey Charles, my buddy who took a grenade for me quite literally, um <laughs> you need to go and be <laughs> with your wife who's about to give birth." Because, you know, a battle is, you know, is no, is no place for somebody who's about to be a new dad. Like, just, just, just Mm -hmm. run, get out, do what you can. Right. Right. And into this scene walks Roland with Cuthbert and Elaine uh, to hand over the orb. Right. Um, Right. What do you, what do you think of Stephen's kind of deal that he gives Roland for this kind of huge transgression?
1: He, does he, I, I thought he got off in, incredibly, like, light. Like, it's it seems like, doesn't he just say, really nothing happens?
0: He's, you know, instead of, like, saying, hey, you, you, this is treason, I can't let this stand. Yeah. Steven knows that Roland is not really that big of a fan of his mom. All that he asks is that Roland forgive his mom.
1: Yeah, yeah I don't know, like... i mean it's nepotism right yeah very much it's like i i i read that like oh you have to be nice to your mom it's haha funny joke jokes Mm. um but yeah yeah like i took it as more
0: serious than that
1: Oh, did you okay huh
0: No, it's like don't you just like this is this is really tense really fragile we don't need like just please for the love of god don't mess this up hmm yeah,
1: yeah. I I just took this as I don't know a father and son interacting and like, okay, yeah. You, you eventually came clean. It's fine. No harm, yeah. no foul. Also, hey, haha. Ha, be yeah. be nice to your mom.
0: <laughs> uh, it doesn't have to be uh um one or the other, right?
1: No, I, yeah, I, it, that's true. Yeah,
0: um, it, it
1: does. It does seem that uh, what the Roland's father is incredibly forgiving. I mean, obviously it is the woman that he loves, but also like, it, he he's like, it, it seems like he wants to not or make like nothing has happened.
0: Yeah. He doesn't want to confront the gigantic big deal. Um, right. You know, he, you know, and this kind of gets at the, gets at the heart of why this betrayal is even possible. Right. You know, when, when Roland tells his dad, like, Hey, you're, you know, your wife, my mom has been sleeping around on you. And he says, "I've known for two years." What else does he know? Does he know that his wife has literally been sleeping with one of the main lieutenants of Farson? You know, mm-hmm. like is like is the treachery that deep? Um, and is he willing to accept that that's what it is, right? Or is there is that forgiveness kind of a weakness on his part? Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm asking that as a rhetorical question, but it absolutely is,
1: right hey all this family drama we get some freaky cosmic drama (laughs) Uh, now that uh he's got the orb and now the orb is like so i read this as the the orb took some control he know he couldn't get him to look into it like he did with uh with roland Mm -hmm. but he can get him to 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 lock it up but like lock it up in front of justice
0: yeah i i didn't know that that was um that was an intentional thing (laughs)
1: Well, I think, I think, yeah, I think the, I think the orb is in in the, is like, okay, I know I can't, I need to get back to Farson.
0: Yeah, I can't, Um, I can't use Steven the way that I did Roland.
1: Right. But I, I can, I'll exert some power here. Yeah. And I'll, I'll make you think like you're, you're in control here, but actually I'm the one who is. Yeah. I'll, um,
0: I'll lash out, you know, I'll, I'll turn into my tentacle form so that you will lock me away knowing that justice right. is nearby and will send out the message you know send out right. the SOS to rescue the orb mm-hmm. yeah i could see that there is a, male- yeah. a malevolence and a craftiness to this thing right right
1: like yeah, yeah. I, and then of course
0: we we reveal that haha justice is well we already knew that he <laughs> yeah. wasn't for us i guess that's a that's a problem with the suit with uh with the comic series in general the way that the um the gunslinger born like the retelling of wizard and glasses paste. it reveals the same information five different times and expects it to be a surprise each time right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as opposed yeah. to the, as opposed to the uh to the book which is more of a kind of like slow a slow dance where like it's not a huge revelation they're just deciding to act on the knowledge in increasingly bold ways right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah um Chapter five, Roland, you know, he's, uh, he, he's really kind of throwing a fit. He, uh, he's lost his, uh, he's, he's lost his fix, right? He doesn't have his drug of choice anymore. And he is finally paying attention to just how much his friends jabber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he says, oh, you're jabbering like kids. You're jabbering, you're jabbering like girl kids. There's oh, literal line from the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm reacting to the text folks. Um, yeah. Uh. But they're talking about the upcoming feast, you know, their coming of age feast, uh, you know, the festival, they're going to be riddle riddles and stuff.
1: Yeah. Like this is like a cool thing that has been, we've talked about, we've talked about this
0: riddle stuff before.
1: Mm-hmm. seems like a real cool festival. We're going to see get, that get to see it in action.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're going to we're going to get to see how seriously court takes this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, the gossip—the real thing—you know—at this at this fest, at this feast, they're going to be seated next to the women that they're arranged to marry, right? right? And the word is that Roland is going to be matched up with Eileen, you know, and Eileen has been sweet on him for you know a good long time. And Roland—I was about to say being sulky, but that's kind of not very charitable. Like he did suffer a terrible loss at a young age. He's still faithful to Susan. Like he just yeah. can't even see past her.
1: Quite frankly, he's, he's, he's holding up remarkably well. For
0: <laughs> Like, like, so if, if my,
1: if my wife died, then I kicked heroin. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would be like, ah, uh, I'm going to, okay. Uh, 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 sorry. Sorry, lady. Um, I'm just not uh, looking for a relationship right yeah. now.
0: I, I I cannot be on your, on your arm for the cotillion. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. This is powerfully hot today. Yeah. <laughs> this muggy November weather gives me the horribles. Yeah. Um, so he is holding up well and he goes through the motions, right? Right. He's, he's, he's got it mostly together. Um, Gabrielle meanwhile is not, you know, she is kind of caught up in this conspiracy. It's up to right. the observer how much she is, you know, um, complicit in this or how much she's just kind of going through as forced. Uh, but she goes to meet justice and we're introduced to Kingson. Um, this, ridiculously designed character yeah. um, oh it's like
1: uh clock not clockwork yeah clockwork orange character yeah What's his
0: name? uh alex like, like a purple alex yeah a little bit he's got kind of uh hair that's all over the place um it, i mean it makes sense that he is as garishly dressed and as kind of like out there looking as he is because he is you know coming to gilead to masquerade as the court minstrel right, right. you know to be you know to be the bard uh however he has brought the poison dagger that is meant for Stephen's back, um, and he is um, Farson's nephew. Kingston is Farson's nephew. Um, mm. And this is a detail that's alluded to in the book.
1: And also, isn't uh, Charles, who we mentioned earlier, was basically his whole family was murdered and horrendously tortured oh, in oh, front of him?
0: A... Yeah, we're going to get to that. Okay. Charles right, is, Charles is the one. I'm jumping the gun. <laughs> yeah. Charles is the one who, uh, who ostensibly wrote the recommendation for Kingston saying, oh, he's the best in the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Justice passes along the, uh, the, the order saying, hey, after you kill your husband, make sure you grab this orb before you get out of Dodge. Yeah, got to grab that orb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> got to get those riddles. We meet Van A uh, for the first time. Van A has talked right. about a lot in, uh, in book one especially. He's like the, the kid's mysticism teacher like mysticism Mm -hmm. and philosophy. Um, And he is uh, putting his finishing touches on the riddles. Right. And courts, like, you know, you you get the sense that courts hanging out outside the room. Like he wants to peek at his parents, like wrapping the Christmas gifts, but he knows (laughs) that would be dishonorable. So he's just kind of hanging around until they're all gone. You know? Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. This is, yeah, this is, this is courts day. Right. Because Mm -hmm. what, and, but of course then this asshole shows up and is like,
0: Hey, I'm good at riddles. What's up? (laughs) Guess what, old fogies, make way for the new generation. I'm King he's carrying around like a like a sampling keyboard that has all those DJ noises. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you heard these riddles. I got some better riddles here. (laughs) I mean, no, I don't.
0: No, really, not going to cheat. That's mostly an error. Shut up. um and king's in after he boasts or whatever court watches him uh swap out vane's riddles for his own
1: right so i did you i, I kind of missed this detail why does he is this just like oh a tragic flaw in the character or is I, it just
0: i mean is there a, a greater meta plot here so i think that he's just a dipshit um <laughs> I, 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 honestly i think that he's just yeah. like prideful like this is a way for him to you know <laughs> to, to try to try and twist a finger in the wound you know right. um so yeah. there's no real reason for him to do this other than pride also like in book three when roland is describing how important riddles are he tells a story about somebody uh a minstrel came in and um tried to cheat and uh, ended up uh either hanging or being killed on the spot this this is him this is the story that he's okay. talking about so the- Okay, so
1: that's this is more probably about linking continuity than
0: yeah, yeah. It's just taking okay. that character and making him the same as the agent who snuck in the the knife who's alluded to at the end of book four. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Just economy of characters. Why well, have two when you can have one? Right.
1: Well, I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's not a serious question. I'm just that's no. that's all. That's no, all, yeah. That's all way to go. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a thing you can do. <laughs> so court's like well why in the world would like charles seem like a stand-up dude why would he why would he recommend this cheating piece of shit um and in the most horrible moment of the book we find out why because charles was captured on the way to his wife his wife was captured too by farson's men um they assaulted his wife sexually in front of him uh and then strung him up tortured him Cut his unborn child out of his wife, held the child up, licked the child clean of blood. Farson did himself through his crazy red mask. Yeah, um, Charles basically went insane from seeing his wife and child killed killed in front of him, and then they killed him. That's a, that's as dispassionately as I can describe that horrible right, series yeah. of events. Not not a lot of note writing in that though. What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: But when did he have time to write a note?
0: <laughs> I think they, I, I, I think that they just yeah, I wrote think it, it was before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, shitty thing. And it's showing you exactly how fucked up Farson is. We, right. We haven't, and, we haven't talked about Farson's appearance in this. Um, we're gonna, yes,
1: I think there, there was a panel earlier that I was, that where he, he shows up and he looks like a berserker.
0: Yeah. Um, he definitely. like, our, yeah. Yeah, he's he kind of he's festooned with blades, and he's wearing this. It's not like a red skull mask, but that kind of hints at the direction where it's at. Yeah, yeah.
1: It it. I, I'm zooming in. and it, it does kind of remarkably look like the Crimson King. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, this also, guy, his I,
0: his sign is the same as the Crimson King's. Like he is yeah. very much marching under the same banner.
1: Right, and I mean Martin is known to work with him. Mm-hmm. Like eh, it's it's not a. This is not a big reveal. No,
0: no. Yeah. But yeah,
1: so. now this, yeah, this guy looks like classic D and D barbarian, chaotic, <laughs> evil D and D barbarian.
0: Yeah. Not afraid to get his hands dirty. I mean, kind of like Steven, isn't really afraid to go out on missions with his men. Like this is, these are, these are both generals and Kings who are on the front lines, right? right. Just in extremely different ways. <laughs> yeah.
1: But well, the- this is lawful, lawful kid. Yeah. No. <laughs>
0: Yeah, let's
1: break it down just just into those nine never mind
0: <laughs> um uh, but the party's begun murph woo. oh man i wish i wish that i like this art style better because i love um artistic depictions of like spreads of food in uh visual media yeah Especially, like video I, game feasts i do not like this one at all <laughs> no that that pig looks a little bit too much like those uh those muty wolves for my liking
1: yeah yeah. So yeah, we talking about you're gonna love Monster Hunter.
0: <laughs> Is a how does it stack up against Final Fantasy 15 in terms of food depiction?
1: Oh no! Like I think my, I will I will venture to say that Monster Hunter has the best food depictions in in gaming.
0: Oh dang! Yeah. Yeah. Well, I need to play that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. it makes me sound like a glutton. I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm terribly no. glutton. I'm, I'm, well, I'm I mean, a, I'm a glutton for alcohol. Uh, I wish there was a word for that. Um, no, no. But it just like it's I mean, it's funny how they, uh, you know, just the, the, yeah. the, that that is something I like. Like people always put a ton of care into how they uh, how they represent food visually in uh, video games and stuff. Yeah. No, there's
1: it's 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 pretty great. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think there's definitely more detail going into the food than the monsters,
0: <laughs> which is saying something. It is. Yeah. We're recording this uh, shortly after Monster Hunter World came out, and I'm keeping Murph from playing it, I presume. No,
1: no it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I had to... No, there's... Yeah. I, I'm... i Yeah. Mm. We're
0: here <laughs> to talk about the Dark Tower, Cole. And yes, not, we are. <laughs> not my insect blade. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Stephen announces, you know, that as part of this succession, the uh, sandalwood-gripped uh, revolvers, the guns of Eld, will be handed down to Roland as part of his coming of age they speculated about this but you know this is a big deal uh you yeah. know the the guns themselves are made out of the melted down steel of excalibur like these are these are the artifacts that the crimson king wants to open the yeah. you know so this this re- like, i don't know why this works for me
1: but this is a trope that uh whenever you it's a, the dumbest trope whenever you refer to a a sword as a gun mm-hmm. did you ever see that uh what was it the the one Romeo and Juliet where it's it's modern to, uh with oh Johns, the Baz Lerman Dades. one yeah yeah and he's then he's in the classic line bringing my long sword and it's a gun that has long <laughs> sword printed on it I'm like
0: oh so dumb.
1: <laughs> yeah it is so dumb but it, I'm like oh yeah that's that's yeah, oh boy yeah yeah <laughs> every time that's yeah so you know if you if you if you need to write something for me it better mm-hmm. have guns that are swords, swords that are guns and beautiful depictions of food.
0: Yeah. You'd love Armored Core. There are a lot of guns that are that have uh that have the names of swords. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm not like a huge Armored Core aficionado, we just did, we just played one for Waff. Right, yeah. yeah. Or, oh yeah. Hey on. The other thing on the yeah, the flagship of the network. Yeah. Yeah, I know that show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, you know, afterward, Kingson you know, after this speech, Kingston goes up to Gabrielle and says, like, hey, do you have the blade? She reveals its upper sleeve, and, you know, like, this is this is happening. This is happening tonight. Yep. And the conspiracy is- reaches its head in the final chapter, chapter six. Yeah, but first, we got to get some dancing on. Oh, yeah. Stephen's like, hey, you know what? We may be, <laughs> this kingdom may be riddled with spies. We may be on the edge of falling. But tonight, let's just boogie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and this is kind of where we
1: we find out that Stephen is actually has forgiven his wife. He has,
0: you know, like they have a pretty tender conversation while they're dancing, like they're feeling each other out and saying, like, you know, are we, are we past this? And he, you know, confesses to her that he still does have feelings for her. Like it's, it's really vulnerable. Um, yeah, it, fatally so.
1: Right. Yeah. It. It. You can. It. It. I guess this makes what's go- about to happen
0: even all the more tragic. Yeah because you know he says if you would like i would like to have you in my chambers tonight you know really like we can push the beds together <laughs> you know <laughs> that that, that kind, of, kind of thing but she is, you know stolen his key yeah and you know falsely declared that she loves him it's it's really bad like you yeah. you, you really feel for steven um in this situation roland meanwhile he says hey I'll, i will dance with eileen out of a sense of obligation he is a wreck you know again, re- recovering from basically his wife yeah. dying and the you know the addiction and stuff, and
1: also no like not being able to talk to literally anyone about this.
0: Yes, yeah, but he opens up to Eileen. Like he pulls the right. cardinal in. Like you you don't talk about your divorce on your first date. You know, <laughs> it's not a it's, it's not second not material. Yeah, it's second date. Well, right? like, you know, you <laughs> sure that is like maybe maybe biographical information that they ask, but you don't. Right
1: now, yeah, <laughs> this is. You don't say, I guess I could never be with you because I am still feel like I am cheating on my dead wife.
0: Right.
1: Who died last week.
0: Yeah. I, I Burned kinda, alive. I, I, I held her ashen corpse in my arms. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I want to be a gunslinger. It's pretty. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like this dialogue, though, because, you yeah. know, Roland is pretty frank with her. He says, you know, it's, it's not like I dislike you, given all of this. It's just this really sucks that we're being forced together. Yeah. You know, like I just I just like the circumstances more than any, anything.
1: And you kind of you do get the the feeling that if circumstances were different that this would probably have worked out.
0: Right. Um in the original draft of the gunslinger, you remember in um in Tall he has kind of a flashback to um you know, a vision of Susan. And, you know, we get the sense mm-hmm. oh, that it's a terrible fate of thing. The revised version has Susan, and it works in her eventual demise. In the original, it was Eileen that he was in love with. It was his first love back here.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. So. Okay. Yeah. So, no, it, given different set of circumstances, this could have worked
0: out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they go outside, and they talk some more, you know, and Roland kind of gives up his entire thing. He says, you know, like, there is more wrong here than just than just susan's death than just me like look around you everything is pretty much terrible there's a rot throughout the world and i'm going to go to the tower i'm going to go to the dark tower and set it right yeah um and alien's like no that's that's a myth but through sheer conviction roland goes from makes her go from that's a myth to i will i will be at your side when this happens i don't quite yeah i don't, I don't quite get what happens here mm-hmm. I like, i
1: don't know this, this 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 is the one part that seems forced
0: it seems fast they, and unearned.
1: They're they're finishing each other's sandwiches.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's time. Like Eileen has time to come around to his, to his point of view on this, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yep. But oh no, something has ha-
0: happened. <laughs> yeah, people are screaming from inside the ballroom because Court, uh, he pulled out a dagger and stabbed a man in the chest. <laughs> I mean. And it's not even Thursday,
1: <laughs> right. Court Stabbing Day.
0: Yep. Oh man, it's uh, its really throwing everybody off. The we have, the, the janitors <laughs> haven't staffed up. No, he's right. killed Kingston for uh, for cheating. You know he he waited he waited for basically the the, the the trap to spring for it to be revealed that yes he did change out the um, the riddles for his you know for his own kind of like older antiquated ones that Kingston knows the answers to, but Court knows that they're bad ones, so they have two right. answers. But so. also, I think it,
1: it, it that seems to be the 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 appearance of why he killed them. But court already knows, hey, this guy's a double agent.
0: Yeah. He reaches into Kingston's pocket and pulls out Farson's signet, yeah. signet ring. Court's not a complete psychopath. No, no. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Uh, right. A lot of parts of his head are missing, but it's a good head nonetheless. The parts that are on his shoulders are good. Yes. <laughs> the parts that are rotting on the proving ground. Um, yeah. You know, they were OK, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Roland gets a terrible feeling, and this is going to be a very familiar scene. Mm-hmm. This happens pretty much just like it happened in the book, saying, Hey, I need to I need to go to my dad's room because he saw this, you know, he saw the um vision of Rhea killing his dad. He has no idea what's going to go on. He goes up there, he sees the safe door open, um, and says, Not again. Because his, <laughs> you know, he knows, oh gosh, my mom is Taking the ball. She's going to kill him. Something terrible is going to happen. He finds the orb. Um, It shows him the same vision of Rhea with the garotte sneaking up behind him. Right. Turns to shoot, puts two bullets in his mother's chest, um, and her last words to him are the same as Susan's last words. I can't remember if this is the same as the book, but she says as she falls over, Roland, I love thee. Um, And instead of the garage, she was wearing the belt that she or she was carrying the belt that she had made as a gift to leave him before she, you know, fled town. Yeah.
1: Yep. And then we go out on that incredibly tragic note.
0: Incredibly depressing note. Another loss piled on top of loss, piled on top of, I think, a broader picture than we had in the retelling in the book that gilead is closer to the edge than he had uh ever thought that it would be
1: right and, and like yeah we are we are eminently close to this fall
0: yeah and like the next trade paperback you know after we talk about the win through the keyhole it's called the fall of gilead
1: <laughs> well, well, well there
0: you go <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's uh we're, we're gonna get to see that we're gonna we're gonna get to see the battle at jericho hill um and we're going to get to see the 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 true and final breaking of his original Kotat, ultimately setting him onto the path that he would be on for uh you know the gunslinger yeah as the adventures of young roland continue any final thoughts about the smurf uh
1: i think no i think we were i i think we kind of got it all out during the episode it's yeah. a good story the art could use some work but overall i i kind of I, I enjoyed this yeah so it was a uh, yeah, you know, a good, uh, I don't, I don't want to call it a break from, you know, uh, reading words like books as opposed to like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I can, I can definitely get through a, a comic book a lot faster than I can, uh, a, uh, a normal book, yeah. but I, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, I'm it's... a busy man, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: the, like, the, like the great part about this for me is that it is a nod that yes, the Dark Tower can work in a visual medium. You know, like mm. <laughs> it's not like anything in the in the comic book like exactly matched my idea of what all of this looked like um, when I was reading it. But it right. still feels valid and still feels right and doesn't exactly like nullify the version of this that was in my head. Uh, it's terrible right. yeah, when yeah. you see an adaptation that puts those that puts those things in tension with each other. You know, right? I'm trying to think what are what's a a
1: really bad adaptation that I've I've seen. Well, I know I, you know what I, I'll say that something that actually works very well is the depiction of X-Men in the X-Men movies. Like yeah. I feel like visually they nailed those characters.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound like uh, fame no, praise or whatever, but like my understanding is the, the Harry Potter movies do this pretty well. I, yeah, I'm, Yep, I I don't know. I'm I'm not been a I'm not a Harry Potter uh fan. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm, I was just slightly too old, which is I don't know. I'll probably read them at some point.
0: You're not that much older than me, are you?
1: Uh, I I'm roughly Gary's age. Okay. All right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would that, that would put you at the probably at the edge. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I feel bad that I can't think of that I can't think of an especially bad adaptation right now, but like I didn't even think the Dark Tower movie was an especially bad visual adaptation of what was going on, except for that mm-hmm. one town that was all people dressed like modern in modern times, <laughs> which was not that oh, great, no. you know?
1: Yeah. yeah, I avoided that because I I heard it was a couple of books ahead of where I was, yeah. so yeah. You wanna, I'll, I'll get there eventually.
0: Yeah, you want to wait until after you've read a book, <sighs> maybe book six even.
1: Okay, Um. yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll be on a plane at some point and it will valerian uh city of the the kingdom of the whatever is apparent well i, I haven't read the original comic book mm-hmm. but man it, it 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 has to be better than that movie <laughs> valerian uh, in the in the in the city of a thousand planets that's the whole name yeah
0: um but yeah it's uh you know i i think that I, it's easy for me to ignore bad art or whatever like as much as it sounds like a sticking point i'm mostly here for the you know the broad strokes and the story and stuff like that And I'm a sucker for the Cosmos stuff. And I don't know that this is especially the best introduction to that stuff, you know, outside of the books. Because the the books do a very good job of dripping it out slowly to the point where you don't realize how much things are changing until they've changed a lot. Right. But this is kind of what you want. Yeah. This is is all good stuff. Um, Still more comics for us to cover. Um, That'll be after The Wind Through the Keyhole, which I'm very much looking forward to. That's an amazing book. I've started it again. It'll be the the fourth time that I've read it in the past th- two <laughs> years. So, <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Um, holds up every time. You get some good, good Randall flag in that. So, oh man. All right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that then. Murph, where can people yes. find you on the internet?
1: Well, I have a website. It is dinosaursarecool.com. Oh my gosh. They're... I'm so jealous of that URL. It's
0: a real good URL. It's a very good URL. Uh,
1: there i uh i I dabble in some games both tabletop and video i have a couple podcasts some of them are active some of them are not uh i don't know just in some just general weirdness yeah uh you can if you want to at me you can at me at dork Knight show which is the name of my primary podcast Mm -hmm. uh yeah
0: it's a good twitter
1: it's yeah you know you got to get (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i don't have i don't have the four letter twitter but you know it, it's it's a word that makes sense
0: <laughs> yeah uh you can find me on twitter at cole ross that's k-o-l-e-r-o-s-s you can watch me stream horror games um on twitch.tv slash uh most weekend nights going to be adding more streaming stuff to the uh to the uh r- 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 to, the, to the roster uh, as time goes on here really enjoying people come hang out otherwise check out the other shows on the network and if you want to come meet me in person, I will be at the Midwest Gaming Classic um this coming April, April 13th, 14th and 15th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Midwestgamingclassic.com.
1: Uh, yeah, well, yeah.
0: I wish I was there. Yeah. It's a good time. Like we're yep. we're sharing a booth with the uh RetroNauts guys? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah,
1: there you go. Those are good guys as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, but <laughs> <laughs> cool well thank you everybody for listening we will be back with uh the wind through the keyhole in two weeks uh thank you murph for coming on and uh, my pleasure goofing about orbs until next time long days and pleasant nights you twice the number